Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, Charles Nash, with you on the Dark Knight Mike, here with another great episode of Political Theater. And ladies and gentlemen, I I go I have to go ahead here and apologize. I, I told everybody that I would be back on the 8th, and due to a scheduling conflict, um, I was not able to do that. But I am back here tonight, uh, Wednesday, November the 16th, and <clears throat> I've got lots and lots of news to cover here. So we're going to get right into the mix of things here. First off, I'm going to go right into what everybody has been talking about for the last week. And I'm going to cover just a little bit of the midterm elections. Now, I am not going to go into the debate about why there was no red wave. Was there a red wave? Why there wasn't a red tsunami? What does this mean? <clears throat> I'm not going to hyperventilate and sit here and say, I told you so, or I didn't tell you so, or democracy is dead, or we have a, a problem within the Republic here of the United States. That is not true. This is what I'm going to say happened for the midterm elections. You, the voter, went out and you voted. You pulled the lever for what candidate you wanted in the state that you're in, and the outcome happened. Now, as it sits right now, the <clears throat> the Democrats are going to keep control of the Senate. Now, right now, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to have a 51 uh, threshold margin to control the Senate. Right now, you have Democrats sitting at 50, the Republicans at 49, with a state still contested, which is Georgia. So all eyes are on Georgia. Now, with that being said, folks, they're, 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 they're going to take the Senate. It's, it's going to happen. It's not the end of the world because here's, here's what's going to happen with that. Even though they control it by a very slim margin, a chair or two, it's a very divided Senate. Now, the Republicans, again, they're sitting at 218. It was at 217, but they're sitting at 218. So they have the threshold to the, the numbers to clinch the House. The Democrats ended with 205. <clears throat> and I still believe there's still, from the way I'm looking, seven or eight seats that still, um, still the race hasn't been called yet. Which we'll get into that whole debacle towards the end of the show um, about why it takes so long for, for voting to happen. Now, <clears throat> to go along with this, I'm going to talk about a little bit of the fallout. So here's what happened. <clears throat> Besides the House and the Senate, we had some, some big wins and some big flips happen. So we're going to go to Florida, for example. Now, everybody has made a big deal about this. I, I really don't see a big deal about this. <clears throat> you had 
Ron DeSantis retake the, the governor of, of Florida. He won again. And he won big time. Same thing with Marco Rubio. So why is there big news coming out of Florida? Well, Florida took a hotly contested stronghold, key stronghold in Florida that was established under Barack Hussein Obama. It's predominantly an area in Florida where it's Democrat controlled. It's, it's votes there go mostly towards Democrat. Well, <clears throat> no longer. It was carried now by the Republican Party and Ron DeSantis. So it is big news, but again, it's to me, it's not really that monstrously huge. What does it really mean? Why is everyone up in arms about it? It just means that the Democratic stronghold in Florida is pretty much dead. It's gone. It's been wiped out off the map of Florida. Now, why is there also big news coming out of Florida? Well, with such a big win from Ron DeSantis, people are screaming that he should run for the 2024 presidency. And he himself has already said, look, you people need to hold your forces in the drive-by media. Here's going to be my piece of advice to Ron DeSantis. If you want to run, run. But do it when you feel you are ready for it, not when the media or your party decides for you. Do it when you feel that you're ready to do it. And that's if you ever want to do that. Me personally, I would ride out my success there in Florida as governor for as long as I could. And at some point, if you decide not to be governor anymore, or if you would get beat down the road in an election, then run for president. I, myself personally, if if I was in Ron DeSantis' shoes, I would stick where I'm at. Just because he does a damn good job at making Florida the flagship of the nation. So why change that? Now, do I think Ron DeSantis would be a good candidate? and be a good president of the United States? Absolutely, I do. But he's a young man. He's got small children. He's got a wife who, you know, is going through a battle with with cancer and that whole health scare and issue. You've got plenty of time to run for White House, for the presidency. But again, that is up to Ron DeSantis. That's up to nobody else. Now, what are some other things that happened from the midterms that we learned? We learned that the nation is very divided. But we also learned exactly what I told everybody would be the number one and number two drawouts for voters. Didn't matter if you were Republican or Democrat or an independent or whatever you want to label yourself as. I said the two key dri- di- uh, excuse me, driving factors was going to be what? Inflation in the economy and crime might as well tag it along with immigration problems, the southern border. 
And I was absolutely correct. It drowned out everything else from gun reform to abortion debate issues to transgender problems, gay rights. It beat all of that stuff out that the Democratic Party said, oh, no, this is going to be the number one issue. No, it wasn't. The economy and crime. That's what it was. That was your turnout. Now, why was it so hotly divided? Well, there was no red wave. I'll call it a red ripple. The Republicans scored very big. They took the House. But we also did something that's not being talked about. We won a lot of governorships in many, many states. And that itself is an accomplishment that should not go unnoticed. Now you have people in the drive-by media out there today going on, and they've been going on since election night. Well, why didn't we take the Senate? Well, I can tell you that answer. It has to do with the candidacy, the different candidates, and the lack of choice within them, especially in hot contested states. Look at, look at, uh, look at Georgia. You have Herschel Walker. And he's, uh, he's a nice guy, but I I just don't think he's going to get it done. He is not a candidate that people are out there. That's really riveted about. It's kind of like if you go to Pennsylvania, everybody is shocked about Fetterman. And his win over Dr. Oz. Now, I will admit, I, I think Pennsylvania, I think you're in for an economic downward of hurt. And I think you have a lot of issues that's heading your way. And I think you're going to see a lot of people move out of the state of Pennsylvania. But with that being said, I've heard a lot of people go, well, how did... How did Fetterman, this guy with all these health problems, beat a profound doctor? Here it is. Dr. Oz was looked at as a what? A celebrity doctor. People didn't want to look at him as a serious candidate. And they didn't. And that is why the, the opposite choice of people still voting for Fetterman happened. And I know people are going to say, well, that's just your take. It is my take on it, but I'm just telling you what happened. It also has to do with the reason why the Republican Party lofted in areas. Poor performance, lack of funding in the key areas in which they needed to pour money into campaigning in those areas and districts was not planned out very thoroughly. That is my two cents on it. It has nothing to do, and I've heard this, well, it has to do with Donald Trump. That has nothing to do with Donald Trump. That's just like when we speak about Donald Trump. I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody right now, if you have not heard, Monday night, Donald Trump has announced that he is running for presidency in 2024. It is official now. 
You had articles today from Newsmax, Fox, Politico, MSNBC going on about how the Republican Party that's going to be in the House is already distancing themselves from Donald Trump and his, his problematic presidential run for 2024. I don't see that. Nothing could be farther from the truth on that. Donald Trump built the party back for the Republican Party. Yes, you have prominent rhinos, as I will call them, or older staff members in the Republican Party that are not aligned with Donald Trump. And there is resistance within that party. You're going to have that in any party. But I do not see them, the Republican Party, moving away from Donald Trump. He showed them a successful roadmap to running the country. Do you think they're going to move away from that political philosophy and work map? Absolutely not. Now, are you going to have people that's going to run against Donald Trump? Absolutely. <clears throat> Do I feel that Donald Trump is going to win it? I don't think Donald Trump is going to win it, but I could be completely wrong. We're two years away. And it's all going to be determined on who you see as contenders to run against him in the Republican reform. And that's what it comes down to. I am not going to call that until I actually see the other candidates going up against Donald Trump. Now, I don't know if anyone caught this on, on SNL on Saturday Night Live. It was hilarious. I want to play you a little bit of audio. It was Dave Chappelle. And he was talking about <clears throat> why people flocked to Donald Trump to begin with. And it was right on the heel of Donald Trump announcing he's running in 2024. So I, I want to play this. Go ahead and just give a listen. It's actually quite hilarious, but it's true. So here's the clip. And the reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him. <laughs> he's what I call an honest liar. And I'm not joking right now. He's an honest liar. That first debate, that first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged, he said. <laughs> and across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. That's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if in fact the system is rigged, as he suggests, what would be your evidence? Remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, God damn. They put out an Illuminati membership card, chop a lot of cocaine Your friends and your donors. Not 
Well, that was Dave Chappelle, and that was his take on why Donald Trump was so successful when he became, when he was running to become president of the United States the first time. And that's why Americans fell in love with Donald Trump was because Donald Trump told people how it was, whether you liked him or not. He called out exactly what what was going on in Washington, what, what the swamp was. And that, yes, he had done the same things that all of the elites do. And as much as the, the monologue was funny, and it was because it, it, Dave Chappelle was being truthful about it. It's a true fact, though, folks. Now, I seen, to, I seen from Donald Trump's speech here the other night now he's making he's he's going to take a more serious tone and this time around us he's running all the way up for the next 2 years he's going to be selling that he is the only candidate who is capable of fixing the problems the exact problems that's going on in the country and that is going to be a hard ball to follow but again, with two years out from the presidential election, things can change. You know, Rush Limbaugh said that all the time himself. Things can change. He said the same thing about polls. He said, <clears throat> I'm not going to commit to something. We're too far out. And indeed, we are too far out. We're looking at almost two years from the next presidential election. But I just had to throw that out there. Now, <clears throat> the next bit of fallout that's really not making a lot of news. It was talked about a little bit. It was tackled on the drive-by media. Um, not much, but it was picked up on Newsmax. I've got the article here. I want to talk about this here before we go to our first commercial timeout. And that is the article here. It says, Chuck Schumer, which, by the way, Chuck Schumer for the Democratic Party was reelected as well. Not a surprise. It says, uh, Senate to tackle debt ceiling. I'm going to read this here. It says, Congressional Democratic leaders on Sunday vowed to tackle the, na the nation's debt ceiling in coming weeks, saying that their party election victories offer them leverage on even the Republicans have poised to potentially an explosive fight before they take the House. It says U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said that they would act while President Joe Biden's fellow Democrats controlled both chambers. I've been saying this for weeks, folks, that even if there was a red tidal wave and it all went Republican, 
What did I say was going to happen? I said the Democratic Party would do everything in their power before leaving office to push every agenda, even if it financially broke America. They would push everything that they possibly could through before they before the end of the year. And we are just a week out here from Thanksgiving. They have plenty of time and opportunity to do so. Now, continuing on here, says uh, you had Chuck Schumer say, our best shot, I think, is to do this now. Pelosi also chimed in on ABC News this week program. She said, winning the Senate gave us a lot of leverage for how we go forward in lame duck Congress, she said. So there you have it. And it is going to be a lame duck Congress. What's going to happen is you're going to have two years of nothing getting done. You're going to be in a bipartisan gridlock. That was the other thing that everyone was going on about. I had said that I thought it was going to go rather one way totally for either party. I was wrong on that. The country split kind of down the middle. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, do I think, though, the problems, that, the actual problems that need to be addressed in this country and fixed are going to get fixed? No, they're not. Nothing is going to get done. It's going to be a dead weight on the country for two years. Now, I don't know if that means prices remain where they're at, if they're going to fluctuate up and down, if they're going to soar one way or another. I have no idea. Under the current situation, I, I have a feeling things are going to get worse before they get better. But that, that's just my, my take. I mean, especially since we have no energy sectors, no new drilling. We have no security still at the southern border, which I'm going to get to that here in a little bit. The list goes on and on. I just don't see anything being resolved. Now, <clears throat> Biden's Treasury Secretary, which is Janet Yellen, has urged lawmakers to act before the new Congress is seated in January. With the nation's $31.4 trillion credit line expected to be exhausted sometime in the first fiscal quarter of 2023. Says here, she said, the, the debt ceiling must be approved each time it needs to be raised in order to ensure that the United States avoids a deficit which would have catastrophic events here and around the world globally. Now, Republicans have said that the debt ceiling would be the, <clears throat> an important tool to rein in federal spending if they took control of the House, which they did. But then you have Pelosi and Democrats warning that the Republicans are going to attack two popular health and income insurance programs for older Americans. We all know what they're going to scream because this is the always the oldest playbook that the Democratic Party screams. They're going to mess up and cut Medicare and Social Security. That has been an old rumor 
and threat for over 20 years, and have you seen it yet? The sky is not falling. This is not Chicken Little. Now, along with this whole debt ceiling fight, I'm going to tell everybody what's going to happen. You ready? It's one of two things. They're rather going to push an increase, a temporary increase, which they'll be right back to this fight again in a couple months. Or, or they actually might sit down and try to do a, a bipartisan after the first of the year budget. I would love for Congress to do a budget. We know we haven't had a working budget since <clears throat> I believe I read it was Bill Clinton. That was the last time we had a working budget was under Bill Clinton. Because back then, Democrats were actually <clears throat> more on taxes and penny pinchers. <clears throat> what happened to that, I have no idea. So that's what's going to happen. That's what's coming in, in the next couple of weeks. It may even be after the first of the year will be the debt ceiling battle. And again, here is my prediction on this. They're going to kick the can down the road. They'll extend the debt ceiling if they don't let time run out for the new House Republicans are going to control come in. If the Republicans take control and nothing's been discussed or debated over this debt ceiling problem, bipartisan gridlock. And with the new leadership in the House, uh, you, you know what I'm going to tell the Republican leadership for the House? If the Democratic Party waits to, <clears throat> to do anything over the debt ceiling, and you also want to, and you, you really want to get hardball here, shut the government down. Go in to a new House, a new controlled House, and shut it down until a actual fiscal planned budget can be drawn up and implemented. That is what I would say is the ultimate plan if the Democratic Party sits around and plays and not passes anything by the, by the beginning of the first of the year. That should be the Republican playbook for going in to control the House at the beginning of the year. I have to take a, my first commercial timeout. When we come back, folks, I will be talking more about the breakdown, the political breakdown from the midterm elections, and more on the debt ceiling debate when we return. My friends, how many people here love to fly? Maybe you've been on a vacation where it requires you to get in a big commercial airliner, or, or maybe you live somewhere local where you have an owner-operator and a small piloted plane who, who does personal rides. Well, if you're someone who loves to fly, or maybe you've never flown before, maybe you have some, some kids or family members you'd like to take up in the air, or maybe you just like to do some sightseeing, maybe see a sunset, take a night 
fly somewhere here around the Ohio area. Uh, maybe locally, maybe a couple miles out. Maybe you're someone who likes to do further rides for longer periods of time. Or again, maybe you're a photographer. Like to do some of those nice aerial pictures. Well, I have a great company for you. It's Sparks Fly. It is here in Mount Gilead, Ohio. It is a veteran owned and operated uh, business here. And it's it's owned by pilot and owner Keith Sparks. And I'm gonna tell you, I had my kids go up here about a week ago and they had a phenomenal time going up in that plane of his. Now, he's got many different types of airplane rides available, from a mini tour, your basic tour, good values, better values, all the way up to even night flies. Uh, they go anywhere up from about 20 minutes all the way up to an hour and 30 minute ride. Prices vary on depending on the weather conditions, the time of the year, and where you want to go. But again, great, great company, a great aerial view, and I'm telling you, you will love this if you've never experienced this before. It, it, he is, he's got a great company, hands down. So they even do flight instructions for individuals too. Maybe you want to get your pilot's license. They do that as well. Here's several different ways to contact Sparks Fly, and that is one, you can go to their webpage with it, which is www.sparksflyllc.com. You can also call owner Keith Sparks, phone number 419-560-6130, or even drop him a line at Keith at sparksflyllc.com. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. It's me again, Charles Nash, your host from Political Theater. When you wake up in the morning, you're tired. You're trying to fumble around the bedroom. Find your way down the stairs into your kitchen. And what's the one thing you want to do? You want to get woke up. Well, that's where I have a problem. In the morning, I try to find the best coffee that I possibly can. The regular things off the store shelves just don't work for me. But I found a coffee and a company that does. It's called Black Rifle Coffee. Now, Black Rifle Coffee is made and owned by veterans here in the United States. They serve a premium coffee. The coffee is imported from highly qualified coffee beans from Colombia and Brazil. They're roasted for five days at their facilities in Manchester, Tennessee and Salt Lake City, Utah. They have some of the best coffee that you can imagine. One cup and even a half a cup gets me woke up in the morning and I've got enough energy to carry me through the rest of the day. So I'm here to tell you about Black Rifle Coffee. You can go online to blackriflecoffee.com, order from their webpage. They will ship it to your house directly. They've got several different kinds of roasts. And again, some of the best coffee you'll ever have. That's Black Rifle Coffee. And if you don't want to believe me, or take my word for it, go to their website. You can get a free trial yourself and 
taste the magic in their coffee. Again, that's Black Rifle Coffee. Try it. Stress, headaches, and long hours at work. That pain in your lower back that just won't go away. Day after day, week after long week. You for once wish you could be pampered. Get some feeling of relaxation you've long deserved. Well, I'm happy to announce you can. And it's easy, affordable, and just a click or phone call away. When life has taken away my relaxation, I check into the Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness. Located at 6174 Commerce Drive, Suit E in Mount Gilead, Ohio, Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness offer a wide variety of services, including relaxation massage, therapeutic deep tissue massage, cupping, hot stones, prenatal massage, facials, facial waxing and cupping, eyebrow tinting and eyelash lifting, CBD muscle mender, and even aromatherapy. They are a five-star rated business. Operating hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, check out their Facebook page or tailoredmassagetherapyandwellness.com. You can also contact them by email at tailoredmassagewellness at gmail.com or by phone, area code 567-233-3288. Time. A word we take for granted. As the years pass by, so does one's age. Families and loved ones share memories and moments. Many times, as loved ones pass on, they bequeath antiques from their past that end up carrying on into the future through their loved ones. As antique items are handed down through generation to generation. Friends, if you're someone like me, antiques are a way to pass along one story onto the next generation. And maybe that's why my friends at the On The Square Antiques specialize in just that, antiques. Located in downtown Mount Gilead, Ohio, On The Square Antiques feature fine antiques, collectibles, furniture, grand millennial, granny chick, artwork, and very nice jewelry. Store hours are Wednesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Sunday, 12 to 4 p.m. They arrange payments very easily, and you can pick up at your own convenience, or shipping options are available. For more information, check out their Facebook page on On The Square Antiques, or you can message them at onthesquareantiques at yahoo.com, or even by phone, area code 614-330-6322. And as they always say, happy antiquing.
My friends, how many people here have a driveway or maybe have a driveway that needs repaired? Well, I have a great company here. It is KB, the Gravel Guy LLC. Now they are located in mid-Ohio, in the Ohio area. They are basically a gravel company. They will come in, completely redo your driveway. Maybe you have some holes that need to be filled in. Well, KB, the gravel guy, can take care of that for you. Now I have their information here. You can rather go to their Facebook page under KB, the gravel guy, or you can give them a telephone call, area code 419 564-7231, or you can even message them through their Facebook page and app. Again, that's KB, the gravel guy, for all of your gravel needs. When it comes to Mother Nature, anything is possible. And with the unknown possibility comes severe weather. With these severe weather, what usually happens? You get down trees. Once the tree is removed, you've got these stumps just sitting everywhere. They're ungodly and they're just sitting in your yard, folks. Rather in the backyard, the front yard, up against your house. And they're just a sight for sore eyes. You have to mow around them. You have to stare at them through your windows. Your neighbors don't like seeing it. It makes your property values go down. And over time, stumps start to decay, become sinkholes, or even become bug infested. And who wants to have to call an exterminator for an extra cost? But folks, there is an answer to this problem. It's called Neidhart's Stump Removal and Land Clearing Operations. A family-owned and operated business, Neidhart's Stump Removal offers not only stump removal, but forestry, logging, tree cutting services, demolition, as well as excavation. And they're fully insured if something would happen while they're on the job. For more information, you can contact them at 740-751-5654 or visit their website at www.nidehartsstumpremoval.com or send your questions to Info at NineHeartStumpRemoval.com. And we are back coming in from our first commercial timeout here. I've got the Pointer Sisters with Automatic here. I'm going to go ahead and get them tuned out so we can get right back in to the mix of things with the news. Like I said, I had just talked about uh, Chuck Schumer with the, the debt ceiling uh, debate that's going to be coming up in weeks. And again, like I said before I went to commercial break... Uh, Nothing is going to get done. They're going to kick the can down the road. Rather, before January, when the Republicans take the House or after, it's not, nothing is going to be accomplished there. There will be no fiscal budget. So that, that's just my two cents on that. I'm telling you what's going to happen. 
Now, there were some many other things that have happened since the midterm elections. And one of them, I have this nice article here from The Hill. And remember when Joe Biden was pushing his Deficit Reduction Act and it had a bunch of Green New Deal garbage in it. And guess who caved on that? Joe Manchin. Now, Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, he was not up for re-election. Well, he is going to be up for re-election, though, in 2024. And boy, did he get a rude awakening today. I've got this article here from The Hill. I want to read it. It says, Republicans eye Manchin as top target in 2024. I'm just going to read it here. It says, Senate Republicans say that Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, will be a top electoral target in 2024, even though he has voted with them more often than any other Senate Senate Democrat and helped some Senate Republicans, like Leader Mitch McConnell, block an effort to reform the chamber's filibuster rule. It says, starting with a disappointing Failure to retake the Senate majority this year, says Republican strategists predict that McConnell will pour millions of dollars into West Virginia the next cycle to flip Manchin's seat. It says West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morazzi, one of several Republicans who could challenge Manchin in 2024, said the Centrist Democrat will pay a political price for his supporting the the Inflation Reduction Act, which included major components of President Joe Biden's agenda, such as tax reform, prescription drug reform, and hundreds of billions of dollars to fight, you heard it, climate change, the Green New Garbage Deal. So there you have it. They're going to be targeting Joe Manchin in 2024 to flip his seat in West Virginia. That can be viewed and read on the Hill. Pretty interesting article. Um, Again, another backlash component of the midterm elections here. Now, speaking of, again, midterm elections, pullouts, losses, and ramifications, I've got another article here. It's from Fox News. It was talked about briefly as well on Politico. Now, in Texas, Governor Abbott, again, for the second time, beat his Democratic opponent, pummeling. And that was Beto O'Rourke, who pumped in millions of dollars, just like Stacey Abrams did, just to turn around and lose. Now, I've got this article here. It says, Philadelphia preparing for potential bus of immigrants from Texas. You heard it. Governor Abbott, he is, he is not going to stop, folks with sending out illegal immigrants to other blue states from Texas. There is no sign 
of a secured border in Texas right now. Which, by the way, speaking of fallouts, we're going to get to that here in a little bit. Joe Biden's, uh, he had one of his top individuals there at the southern border who was head of that ordered him to resign or be fired here the other day. This was Monday. But we're going to get into that. You know, I find it funny because what wasn't that the big key issue that the Democratic Party said was not a problem was illegal border crossings and, and lack of immigration law, that they had the border secured? Well, if that's the case, then why, why did they just order this guy to be fired? It just makes you think, I mean, I, I talk about this all the time, how the it's asinine. How they complain about, the, how they say there's nothing to see here. There's nothing to complain about. People are making things up. And then they turn around and they say, well, you know, yeah, we know this is a problem. We're going to try to fix it. And they don't. <laughs> now, getting back to this article here, it says uh, officials in Philadelphia are preparing for a bus of potential arrivals of 52 immigrants on a bus from Del Rio, Texas, sometime this week. They said this would mark the first time that immigrants have been driven from Texas to Philadelphia. Though Texas Governor George Abbott has sent thousands of buses to New York City, Washington, D.C., and Chicago. This is a spokesman for Philadelphia Mayor Kim Kenney told Fox Digital that the situation is still fluid and that the exact timing of the potential bus trips is unclear. This is what they said. It says, this information was relied to us from a community partner organization as Texas officials have not coordinated with the city, the spokesman said. We do not have the exact location of where the bus will dis disembark, nor do we have any specific information about those on board, nor do we know if other buses are planned. Governor Abbott, if you can hear me down there in Texas, I know I have a lot of people that listen to me in Texas, all over Texas. Bus them out to Philadelphia. Keep doing what you're doing. Let them have a taste of what Texans have to endure on a daily basis. Please, I implore you, maybe, maybe the nightmare will stop when you just keep pumping immigrants to blue states and it just overwhelms them. That's what needs to happen. Give them a taste of their own medicine. Continue doing what you're doing. I support that. You were reelected on your policies, Mr. Abbott. So keep doing the good work. Again, you can find this article. It's on Fox Digital. It's Philadelphia preparing for potential bus of immigrants from Texas. Now, I had talked about the immigration issue here and a firing of one of the major individuals at the southern border who oversees the security at the border. This was on all the networks. You can read about it anywhere. The title of this one here is Biden immigration officer ordered to quit or be fired as has no plans to resign. He did 
quit, folks. He's gone. I'm going to read this here. It says, the commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection is refusing to leave his position after being told to to resign or be fired by Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, according to the government source. It says, Chris Magnus wrote in an email to Senator Customs and Border Protection staff that he is determined to remain on the job. He says, I want to make this clear. I have no plans to resign as the CBP commissioner. I don't take this job as a resume builder. I came to Washington, D.C., moved my family here, became because I care. I care about the agency. I care about its mission and the goals of this administration. This is what he sent in a letter that was attained by Fox News. Now, (laughs) the Department of Homeland Security and Customs and Border Protection have not responded about the request to Fox News or any other organization about why this was brought about. Folks, I can tell you the reasoning why. Well, the main issue is, is because of the pressure, the pressure that Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas is, 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 is getting pounced on about how the border is not secured when he's sitting there screaming like he's been screaming for the last two years that it's secured. But yet we have millions of illegal immigrants crossing every day. We have rampant numbers of human sex trafficking going on an explosion of fentanyl drugs coming across the country from the southern border. So much so we have states who have issued declarations of emergencies over it. So what does he have to do? Well, he's going to lean heavily on his his staff below him. And that's where he's going to lay blame him and the Biden administration. And it just so happens that Chris Magnus, who is part of the, <laughs> he, he is part of the border protection. He's the border protection commissioner. They're going to lean on him and blame him for it. Well, again, he, he did resign, folks. It's done. But again, that that is the whole premise of this. They're not going to place blame where it needs to be. Joe Biden, the Democratic Party. That's where it really lies. Again, the people who are running these sectors have no damn idea what they're even doing. And they're, they're, they're not going to blame themselves. They're going to blame everybody in their staff around them. In this case, Border Protection Commissioner Chris Magnus. It just goes to, again, show everyone what every 
voter out there was pissed about here for the midterm election, which was a big driving factor. The immigration and crime problem. And this just solidifies it. I just wanted to share that because you have people out there going, no, no, it's not a problem. Well, it is a problem. It's been widely known. And even though Joe Biden and his administration do not want to look at it as a problem, it is a problem. And this, this, this right here just solidifies to me and should be to everybody else. They know this is a problem. They know this is a huge problem. But again, they're going to kick the can down the road. It's just going to be like the debt ceiling problem itself. They're not going to fix anything. And I have got a lot of emails saying, well, we took the house. It's still not going to fix a damn thing. Everyone voted and what we've got is gridlock. Nothing is going to move. Nothing. That's just the outcome of what's going to happen. Now, speaking again, the southern border. I've got another one here. This one's from Politico. It says it came out today, November the 16th. It says Biden official torched for repeating the amazing lie about the southern border. We're going to get right into this so you can go, well, what's the lie? Well, I, before I even get into it, I can, you know what the lie is. It's that the southern border is secured. It's not secured. Look at Arizona. They're having to put freight boxes on giant holes that are not finished on the border to try to stop illegal immigrants from flowing through those holes. It's not secured. So here's the article here. It says, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas continues to claim that the southern border is secure despite over 2.3 million border encounters for just the 2022 fiscal year. Again, this solidifies why he's firing his staff around him. Why he fired the Border Protections Commissioner. He is not going to place blame on himself. Come on, you have, you're, you're kidding me if you think that. It says, on the, out, the show Outnumbered on Wednesday, former Georgia Republican Congressman Doug Collins said that, says that Mayorkas owes the nation an apology. Good fat chance luck getting that. That's about like Joe Biden coming out and saying, I'm the person who's responsible for the terrible cost at the gas stations. He ain't ever going to admit that. This is what he said. He says, this is a declaration of duty, Collins said. It says, there's been a lot of talk about impeachment in Washington, D.C. He said, let's start here. Because if you sit there and say that Congressional Committee on multiple occasions, oh, the border is secure, 
I didn't even know we had to do that. That kind of lie is just amazing when it comes to... Look, I get where... I get where Doug Collins is coming from on this. But again, we all know that shit rolls downhill. This is what I'm getting at, which is why I wanted to read this. Mayorkas is not going to take responsibility. Joe Biden and his administration are not going to blame the problem at the border on him. They know he has a lot to do with it because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. They're going to lean on everybody else under him as the problem. That's going to be the problem. That's the escape goat. That's what I'm trying to show everybody here. It's an escape goat effect. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm echoing this. It's going to be the same thing. Rather, they get it done before January or after when the Republicans take control of the House. You will not see anything done fiscally. Or, how should I say, responsibly bipartisan that's going to benefit the nation and the American public when it comes to the debt ceiling and debt control. You will not see it happen. It's going to be like it is every time this problem comes up. Kick the can. Kick the can. Kick the can. That's what it's going to be. So... You also had Collins go on again on Outnumbered. He talked about mental health and physical tolls that are ongoing crisis that's being taken on uh, Border Patrol agents because they're not getting any help. This is what he had to say. He says the mental strain of seeing these kids dying. He's talking about kids flowing in from other countries without parents or being taken by drug traffickers. He said the truckloads that we're seeing in this, he says this is just heartbreaking, he said. Calling Mayorkas a failure at his job. He says he's gaslighting the American people, he said on Fox Business. You also had a lot of other individuals uh, basically saying that the crisis keeps getting worse under the Joe Biden administration. Well, of course, again, they are not going to fix a damn bit of this. I've been saying this. Then you have, again, you had the Arizona border mayor calls on the Biden administration to change policy, encouraging illegal immigration that was on outnumbered as well. But again, in Biden's America, you're going to pay exuberant taxes. You're going to be less safe, less secure. All for a system that Joe Biden has made that's going to fail everybody. And in the end, because we're not going to have any fiscal responsibility when it comes to government spending. The dollar is going to be much, much worthless. It's going to be worse, worth less. Now, I want to remind everybody when it comes to the 
border issue, you did have a federal judge who issued an order bearing federal authorities from using Title 42, which is a Trump era rule that allowed the U.S. to quickly expel immigrants who crossed the border. This is Title 42 was originally enacted on the onset of the on the coronavirus pandemic of March of 2020, after which authorities could basically quickly expel immigrants on public health grounds. This is the Trump administration used this authority to expel more than 185,000 immigrants in the fiscal year of 2020. While the Biden administration expelled 100 or excuse me, 937,000 migrants in 2021 and 981,000 migrants in 2022 using Title 42, according to the Customs and Border Patrol data. Now, I know most people are going, now wait a minute. I thought you said Joe Biden wasn't doing anything. He's not. This is where these numbers here aren't getting the whole entire story. Why does Donald Trump have less numbers of expelling migrants than Joe Biden in just two years? Because here's the rub. This is where those numbers are. They're not factually stating this information about these numbers. Donald Trump had less immigrants coming across the border during his presidency. Thus, because of Title 42 and all of the policies, building the border wall, funding agencies properly, giving them the tools they needed to do their jobs, we didn't have the flux of immigrants coming to this country and trying to sneak across the border. Under Joe Biden, sure, he's expelled all those people. That's why the numbers like that are close to a million. But then you also have to look at all of the millions, the 2.3 or more that they haven't. And the numbers that's jumping across the border are extreme. So that's why there's so many more immigrants being deported under Joe Biden's administration than Donald Trump's. Because we didn't have that problem under Donald Trump. That's the point. There's the rub. Now, folks, I am about 26 minutes here into the second part of the show. I have to break for my last commercial timeout. So stay tuned. I will be right back. Friends, when it comes to big, costly concrete projects, rather for the residential, commercial, or just for decorative needs, you want a company that's reliable and professionally dependable. That's why for all of my concrete project needs, I contact the people at Pennington Concrete. Pennington Concrete is locally owned and an operated business. They specialize in residential, commercial, and decorative concretes. And they are a five-star rated business. So if you have any concrete projects and need help getting your concrete masterpiece off the ground, put the trowel tools down and call the professionals at Pennington Concrete. You'll save loads of time, money, and headaches. For more information, 
you can contact Pennington Concrete at 740-396-7620 or check out their Facebook page under Pennington Concrete and tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. How many people love sweets? Well, if you're anything like me, folks, you always have that sweet tooth. But there's a solution when it comes to your sugar delight needs. Introducing Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery. With over 40 plus years in bakery experience, Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is your one-stop shop for all your bakery sweets that you're ever gonna need, folks. From delicious sugar cookies decorated to match any special party or party theme occasion, pies and amazing cupcakes from garment flavors to traditional and fabulous wedding cakes for that one in a lifetime moment. Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is hands down the professional and dependable business that you need to order from. For more information, contact Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery at 419-709-0918 or check out their Facebook page for more details and special offers. Dad, I want a cookie. Looks like I'm going to be making a late night order to Lisa Sprinkles Cookies and Cakeries, folks. Need an outside cleaning? Better call ProSelect! House siding, brick or exterior dirtied or mildewed? Better call ProSelect! Deck looking dingy or yellowed? Better call ProSelect! How about gutter stains or window smudges? You better call ProSelect! ProSelect exterior cleaning and services. For more information or to schedule a free estimate, call 740-504-8311 or visit their website at ProSelect LLC or Facebook. Email them at proselect.es at gmail.com for more information. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Charles Nash from Political Theater. You know, I get to do a lot of local ads for small businesses and businesses that are just opening up here in Ohio. And out of all of them that I've done ads for, there's one that really stands out to me just because of the story behind it. And it's so touching. That would be Footprints and Wax. Now they are a fairly new small family business. They're located between Galleon and Mount Gilead, Ohio. They create all natural hand poured soy wax melts. All natural, chemical free, face, body, hand, feet, and lip scrubs. Chemical free products that help eliminate many dangerous toxins from entering the home and our bodies. They also create hand painted, beautiful wooden ornaments for any occasion. The perfect gift for loved ones. And with the holidays just around the corner, who could pass up on their wide variety of gift baskets they have to offer. 
pricing is reasonable and affordable. They provide a professional and speedy process while also trying to maintain the highest quality of products for their customers. Working hours are Monday through Sunday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, or on their webpage at www.footprintsinwax.com. Or you can call the owner, Missy Boggs, area code 419-569-1222 for further questions. And tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. Thanks, folks. When you are in need of drain and plumbing services, there's only one place, ladies and gentlemen, for local service that you can actually rely on. That is Dolan Drain and Plumbing Service. Located in Cardington, serving the Morrow County area, Dolan Drain and Plumbing offer quality service and customer satisfaction. With drain cleaning, camera inspections, and a full plumbing service, they offer a 24-7 emergency service for you and your family when the unexpected rears its ugly head. Billing is easy and affordable, and they offer a 10% off for services with cash payments. So if you are in need of a drain or a plumbing service issue, call Doolin and Plumbing Service, area code 419-560. 6807 and put your drain and plumbing services in their hands. You'll be thankful you did, folks. Daryl Oates and excuse me, Daryl Hall and John Oates here with uh, Private Eye with I can't I can't go with that. So getting back to where we were at before I went to our last commercial break here, we were talking about the issue at the border. We were talking about the fiscal debt battle that's getting ready to go underway. I've been talking about the blowback. And what it's all going to look like from the midterm elections, which, by the way, <clears throat> I, I just seen this headline here, so I'll just go ahead and just share it. The Republicans did get 218. They have officially won the House. So I just want to let everybody know that that did happen. It's not like it was going to happen. I had people going, well, the, the Democrats are at 209. They were not, they did not have enough seats to clinch the House. Wasn't going to happen. <clears throat> now, getting back to what I was talking about, I'm going to move away from the issues at the southern border that, again, are not going to get fixed under this administration. Not going to happen. 
but I am going to go back to a little bit of the blowback aftermath from the midterm elections. And one of them was that I've been talking about for months was what everyone was saying were going to be the key issue or the key issue itself that was going to dominate the midterms. Now, I told everybody it was going to be two things, inflation and crime. And it was. Those were the driving factors. Everybody that they pulled and talked to, even election night, that's what it was. You had a few people that said abortion. But what was it followed by with abortion? But yeah, well, I have to have fiscal. We have to have, you know, an income because I have to be able to support myself. Well, there you go. Inflation and crime. It was the key thing. Abortion was a second thought. But I have to read this article from Newsmax. It was also on Yahoo News. I title of it is, it says, Abortion did not hurt Republican candidates. It didn't. I tried to tell everybody this was not going to be a big deal. It was not. Look, the Democratic Party did one thing and one thing that they did great at. And it wasn't trying to convince everybody or convincing everybody that abortion was the main problem because it wasn't. They did a great job at scaring people, scaring people, well, your democracy is going to get stolen away from you. They did a great job at that. I think that's what swayed voters to vote the way they did. But it wasn't abortion. It wasn't abortion that drove away people from voting Republican. Was not the issue. I'm going to read this article. You decide for yourself. Rather, if you're a pro-life or pro-choice, you decide, you decide from yourself from this article. It says, since election day, it says the media spin has been that the Republicans underperformed because Roe versus Wade had been overturned by the Supreme Court. While this claim being pushed by those who want abortion rights or those who would prefer the GOP to stay away from this issue, the data shows that the spin is just a lot of bunk. And it is. It says it is true that the Democrats ran a hard in support of restoring Roe versus Wade, which before I go on, Monday night, Joe Biden was talking about abortion again. He had to walk back his comments and said he wished he had not opened his mouth about it because even he came out and finally said, even if the Democrats had won the House and the Senate and kept control, they could not turn back the ruling on the Supreme Court. Joe Biden said that. Now it says here, it says, it is true that Democrats ran a hard in support of restoring Roe versus Wade while making false claims that the Supreme Court and Republicans were outlawing abortion, which they were not. Still, in a race after race, abortion was not the deciding factor in the election. Well, of course it wasn't. I, look, I, it, it is basic, fundamental breakdown. If it pinches somebody's pocketbook 
or if it it causes someone to lose money that has money and they become less financially independent or less financially stable, they are going to vote the party of stability financially. Everybody will write that wrong no matter what, if it dips into their pocket and it dips into it hard enough. That's just common fact. Now it says pro-life Republican candidates for New York governor, Lee Zeldin, brought out the biggest GOP vote across the state in almost five years. It did. He almost won. Trump had lost to Biden in the state in 2020 by 23 points, while Democratic incumbent uh, Governor Kathy Herschel, again, this is the same one you guys voted in in New York, Miss, there is no crime happening, there are no murders going on, you're all making things up. She made abortion a key issue in the closing arguments before the elections last week. She only got a five-point victory, folks. Now, across New York, a red wave did hit, with 10 Republicans winning congressional seats. Nine of them are pro-life. It says the GOP made a net gain of three House seats, including picking up seats in two suburban New York City districts where Democrats have outregistered Republicans for years. So here you go. And it says you keep you kept hearing that suburban women, especially in New York or different places that were democratically held, supported the abortion rights. That they weren't pro-life. It says in the U.S. races across the country, Democrats again were proven wrong on the abortion card turnout success. So there you have it. There's there's a, a bunch of information with this article. Uh, you can read it yourself. I'm not going to go into it. I mean, look. What what is this? What what does this say? Abortion was not the main issue that voters were going out there and voting on. Here's a great example right here. This is another great example besides this article. Here in Ohio, where I'm from. Ohio, again, was, they reelected Mike DeWine. Now, he won by a margin, folks, against Nan Whaley. 26-point margin. That is damaging to the Democratic Party and Nan Whaley. Why am I bringing this up? Because Nan Whaley ran on what? As one of her key sticking points here in Ohio. Abortion. Another example, another example, why abortion was not the key issue that voters were turning out and and, and pulling that lever for their candidates for was not. 
So again, it was a great article to read. Uh, I just, <clears throat> again, I wanted to bring that up because you still have people going on about, well, this red wave that everyone was talking about or voter turnout didn't happen for Republicans because abortion, no, it had nothing to do with abortion. Nothing at all. The problem with the red wave, I'm not saying that that it should have happened or it was going to happen or that it can't happen in the future. The problem with this year was this. And no, this has nothing to do with Donald Trump. So I know people are going to go, he's going to take a jab at Trump. No, no, I'm not going to go that. The problem was the Republican Party itself did not put the money in campaigning in the areas that needed to be appropriated correctly. And we did not have strong contenders for the Republican Party in key states and key races. And that had nothing to do with Donald Trump. That was the Republican Party itself and their recruiting problem of growing their party and making it strong. That was the problem. The same could be said for the Democratic Party. The problem with the Democrats, there's more to it. One, they're the party of freaking craziness right now. Your lefts are destroying the party within. With their extremism, their defund the police. But the, pro the, the problem there with the Democratic Party is, again, you're not bringing in anyone to the party with sound mind or political political favor with voters, with the average American voter. You have individuals who are out of touch and out of reality with what the American public is looking for. And I know people are going to say, well, we rebuck what you're saying, Mr. Nash, because look at the midterms. Look, I look at this midterm as I do every time we have one or any type of election, you are going to have people who are not going to go across party lines ever, even when they know that the party that or, or the individual that they're voting for is damaging not only the country or the state or their community, but it's damaging their life as well. You have these lifers out there that if they're a D or an R, they will stick by their party no matter what. And that's what you had. So does it, again, surprise me with the, the midterms? No, not at all. And you don't see me out there like the, the mainstream media going on about how the sky is falling. It's not. I'm telling everyone, all you're going to see with this, we have a lame dunk duck Congress. I'm sorry. Nothing is going to get done. We are in a dead gridlock for two years. That's what's going to happen. Nothing, nothing, and nothing. I have another news article here. This was from uh, Newsmax. It says Civics Poll. It's a poll that just came out. Came out on Monday, on the 14th. 
It says only 7% view McConnell favorable. Now, Mitch McConnell, had he's had to go up against other senators about if they were going to vote him in as the Senate majority leader for the Republicans. He did go against uh, Tim Scott, and he did win that. Now, so why am I reading this? Well, because they give a breakdown here on the poll of Republicans and average voters, who, how they feel about Mitch McConnell's performance. And it's, it varies on how you look at it. It's a good read. I mean, you can go through and look at it. Mitch McConnell did win the vote um, to stay with the majority leader of the Senate. Uh, I believe it was what around 30, I think it was 35 to 10 was the vote. So he did win. He, he beat Tim Scott. So I look, I don't care who they throw in there. It's, it's not going to make a difference, folks. It, it's not. I'm telling you, nothing is going to get done at all. It's just like here. I got this this other article here. Paul Ryan says McCarthy will clinch speakership. Anyone not named Trump can beat Biden. So he's saying, Paul Ryan is saying McCarthy's going to win House Speaker. Um, I don't doubt that. And he goes on, he's taking a swipe here at Joe Biden about saying how anybody, anybody, not named Trump can beat Biden. He's taking a swing at President Trump or former President Trump because Trump Trump is running for president again. Paul Ryan does not like Donald Trump. Not really a, a big, <laughs> big deal. It's not really a, a surprise. Uh, they have bad blood between them. So again, I'm just trying to lay out to everybody what to look forward to come January when Republicans take the House. We have a very, very, by two seats, split of the Senate. <clears throat> and we have a Democratic president, Joe Biden, with dementia, who... He doesn't even know where he is half the time. Nothing is going to go is going to take place in two years. Nothing's going to get accomplished. I'm flipping through Politico right now. And I've I, I'm I'm reading I'm reading all of the breakdowns from all the races, Senate and Houses, governor races. I'm I'm reading about the Republicans and the Democrats and how how they're claiming this has been the most wild election year they've ever seen ever. I beg to differ. The problem is, folks, again, th this is what I find really terrible about all of these articles I'm seeing from the mainstream media. Nobody is asking the real question. Why is it the craziest year that we've ever had for elections? No one wants to ask that question. 
No one wants to try to even give an answer. I can give you an answer. I can give you an easy answer of why this takes so long to play out this process. Because you have allowed the government to take their policies when it comes to voting, and they have destroyed an easy mechanism of individuals going in and voting. You know, I, I look at places, again, the eye of America, Florida, right now. The flagship, as I'm calling it. You know, in two hours they can have from, from the election, they, they were done. One of the biggest states, and they're done in two hours. They have everything tallied and they were done. But yet we have states like Arizona. It takes a week or longer. Nevada. California. Georgia. And it just, it amazes me. It dumbfounds me that we have supposedly these tally machines. I I thought technology was supposed to be the savior of mankind, supposed to make our jobs easier, not more complicated. But there you have it. I, that that is the that is the problem, and the answer is, folks, right there. Political policies have complicated the voting system here in the United States. That is the problem. It should be cut and dry. You go in, you show your voter ID, and you vote, and they tally the votes up that night. How hard is that? Apparently, it's extremely hard. Now, the last article that I have here, it's, it's going to be off topic a little bit. And it, it's, it was on Newsmax Health. I, I seen it on Google Health Watch as well. Uh, I seen it on Global News. I, I seen it on a lot of headlines here. And I I just wanted to share this. Everybody knows that, you know, when it comes to stuff about health and diseases or viruses, I, especially with the whole pandemic that we had with coronavirus, I have to ask questions because apparently, apparently we can't follow science correctly anymore we base we base our logics and things off absolutely nothing but i i found these two articles would you like to know what they're saying is dominating right now with the winter season upon us that all across the united states hospitals urgent care facilities doctor's office are being overrun with a the three virus plunge right now. Has anybody seen the headlines for this? How COVID, the flu, and this upper GI bug is just dominating 
dominating the hospitals, urgent care, and doctor's office. So much so that the three virus plague here is just, it's, it's crippling the country. I just read this today and I, I know people are going to say I'm sick when I say this, but I laughed a little bit because I, I thought to myself, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought the flu was extinct. I thought everything now was COVID. Just COVID. You go to a hospital with a broken leg, it's COVID. Uh, you have a heart attack, it's COVID. Um, runny nose with a sore throat, it's COVID. Seasonal allergies, nope, it's COVID. No, now it's the three viruses now are plaguing the country. I just wanted to share that. You, you can find that yourself. They're calling it the, the, the three virus uh, plague right now. Then I found this other study here, and I, I found it very interesting as well. And the title of it is, I'll, I'll just say it, it's a study. It says sperm counts declining globally. Now, I'm not going to read this article. It was on Newsmax Health. You can read it yourself. I, I like to read all of these health articles. I, I'm just, some of them are interesting. And I just, I read this article. It says they took uh, 57,000 men across 53 countries. And it showed results that men's sperm counts are declining year after year. And you have all these scientists saying they're warning that that the counts and sperm around the world for men are dropping dangerously low and that couples are going to be having trouble to conceive without medical intervention. And that they're at a loss for why this is happening. And they said they go back to 2017 and the decline in men's sperm has just been continuing. But they're, they're at a loss. Science, scientists are at a loss. They don't know why this is happening. Well, I can tell you the answer to this. This is an easy one. It's called what we're putting into our bodies. Do you know how much preservatives are in foods nowadays? Tons. And you wonder why they talk about you're seeing the push all the time on TV, radio, dysfunctional problems in men, women having to go to a doctor or men having to go to a doctor for fertility, reproductive problems. I mean, the list goes on and on. Folks, it's not because of a genetic issue. It's because of what we're putting in our bodies. The foods from the food store anymore, even hell, even the farmers who are raising animals, what's going into the animals is just, and then you're consuming it. It's all of the preservatives. It's all the chemicals. And then they wonder why they said, they go, we have no idea. We're scratching our heads. Why? I wonder. Just some food for thought there again. You can read it yourself. It's a great article. It's study sperm counts declining globally, or you can go look at the other one, which is the three virus plague or pandemic as they're calling it. That's gripping the country.
Well, that is all for tonight's show. Uh, again, I want to thank all of my Think Local First businesses. I want to thank all of my listeners out there. If you're someone that's new to the show, please come back. I like to give lots of information. I give you lots of, of areas in which you can grow. You can go find your own information from the articles that I give you. Make up your own educated decision. Maybe you can go out and share what you've learned with somebody else and maybe where you got the information from me, moi. And tell people to come listen to the show. Now, I want to tell everybody again, if you are a small business, large, small, maybe you're starting out for the first time. You don't even have to be in Ohio, folks. If you want free advertisement for your business, there are three ways that that can be accomplished. First, you can give me a telephone call, 740-802-7936. Or you can contact me at politicaltheater114 at gmail.com. Or come visit me on my Facebook page. It's under Charles Nash Political Theater. You cannot miss me. It's my face, red, white, and blue. It looks like a political Ronald Reagan poster. You cannot miss it. Drop me a line there. You can also find me on Twitter as well, folks. I am on Twitter. I mean, Gitter, all of those. I'm on all of these platforms. Which, by the way, also I have to tell everybody, now I'm on Amazon Podcasts as well. So if you would like to listen to me, if you're someone who has an Amazon uh, you know, account and you're a prescriber through Amazon, you can listen to me now on Amazon Podcasts as well. I got notified that I am on Amazon's podcast listing now because we hit... We hit bigger numbers. So I'm being picked up now on even more networks. But again, I have to thank you, the listener, for that. So I will be back, folks, for sure this time. No schedule issues. I will be back. I will be back for everyone to hear again on Sunday, November the 20th. So you will get to hear this voice of mine again. I promise you I will be here. I apologize again for the schedule change from, from the weekend last week. But I will be here on Sunday, November the 20th for the next show. So until then, stay safe out there. And remember, if you ever need to get contacted over a small business or if you want to come on the show and talk politics or talk anything at that matter, the mic is always open to you. Good night, folks.